Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into our fearless beer review. We get into the vinyl pickups, what we've uh, uh, what we've listened to, leads into the songs of the week, and then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and uh, way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us five stars on that, please. Uh, you know, social media is at Asinine Radio. Radio. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. Let us know. We'll give you. We'll send you the link to the server. And we also have a phone number if you want to call us, uh, leave us a voicemail, uh, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And uh, yeah, if you didn't know, you probably didn't know, this is our 300th episode. So we've been doing this for fucking a long time. And 300, 300 episodes years. In. 300 fucking years. Six years and 300 episodes later, this is what you got. A whole lot of nothing. So... Um, yeah, that's all I got for the for the intros. Now let's uh, jump right into our fearless beer review. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. I have another Ren House beer. I got one last week. Um, well, I got a bunch last week, but I, I talked about one last week that was kind of gross, and I got another one here. This is a uh, a pilsner, a pilsy, oh. a Czech style pilsner. It's uh, Moose Moose Tech, M U S T E K Moose Tech Eleven, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, Eleven because it's like it's from what it says 11 degrees play-doh that's the starting density of the wort after the brew process and before fermentation begins whatever the All fuck right. that means <laughs> and calling but, it wort is even crazy yeah wort the wort the wort you sound like a like a like a cauldron like, like a witch or something <laughs> um yeah but that's that's what i got and uh you know I, um, good pillsy's always a good a good time so you know whatever that's what All i right. got that's what you got. So, uh, I also have a pilsner. I went with the pilsner today, wow. and uh, this comes. This one <laughs> comes from a brewery called Della Hunt Brewing Company in San Clemente, California. I've never heard of this place. Never ever heard of it. It's called Salva- Salvatore Italian Pilsner. Uh, it's four point seven ABV, and I hope it's good. I mean, it looks like an, an Italian picture, Italian painting. <laughs> But uh, but yeah no it's, it says on the side here it says an homage to the crispy to the crisp lords and admiration for the dank universe Salvatore is a dry hopped Italian style style pilsner brewed with sapphire and tetanang hops giving it tasty notes of Buddha's hand ruby red grapefruit aged cedar and fresh pine what the fuck is Buddha's hand Buddha's hand like the you know Buddha hand what you know I don't know. I think you're fucking around. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. I don't know what Buddha's hand is. <laughs> you act like you acted like you knew. Yeah, Buddha's hand. You know, it's the hand of Buddha's hand. Yeah, Buddha's hand. Yeah, so you know. All right. <laughs> I gotta open my fuck. I haven't even opened it. Oh, right in my ear. Hot damn. Have you poured your beer yet? Yeah, pour my fuck. Are you kidding me? I got Buddha's yeah. hand over here pouring my beer. <laughs> Shit. Mine's four. Mine's only four point eight percent. Zero IBUs. 
Oh, zero. How, how does that make sense? Zero. There's no such thing as zero IBU. Zero. Whatever. Well, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to drink mine. So. Okay, I'm ready. ready to drink mine too. I am. Mm-hmm. Right, here we go. Oh yeah. Yep. So what do you got on your uh, on your uh, beer? <clears throat> so it's not it's not like crazy dry as as some of the yeah. uh, as some of the the mainstays and the pilsies are, but it's not it's not really sweet. Super super subtle sweetness. Um, but it's good. I dig. All right, so we uh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just tell you about mine real quick. Mine is uh, mine's very wet. It's not dry tasting at all. It has a little bit of sweetness, and this is actually a pretty good pilsy. I, I'm I'm actually pretty impressed because the last few pilsners I've had on the pod have been pretty mediocre, if not bad. So <laughs> this one's actually pretty solid. This is yeah, Delahunt Brewing Company. Never heard of them. I got to check them out. Check out more of their beers. Yeah, um, Delahunt, sure. So we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what would you give your uh, your Pilsy? Go. This is, uh, this is really good. It's really, it's really good. It's really clean. It's, uh, it's pretty thin. Um, but I think that you need to have just like a little bit of, uh, of, of sweetness to like a, like a good Pilsner. I, I don't want to drink a bunch of these dry Pilsners, even though they're really good. I can only down like one. Afterwards, I gotta I gotta do something else. Like, I need a little bit of sweetness, and this this scratches that itch. This is solid. This is two point five. Wow! Holy mm-hmm. shit, that's high. Mm-hmm. You don't give beers that that high of a rating very often. Well, I don't drink, I don't drink beers that often. I I, I take my chances yeah, drink, and I'm drinking shit. Yeah, and you just drink Michelob Ultras and Coors Lights with lime. So. Uh, that's my backy. Actually, it's Coors Light with lime. Okay, well, my my backy's buddy, but what's new, right? We always mm-hmm. have the same backies. Okay. Sure. Uh. So with with my pilsner, I I like this a lot. It it ha- this one this ha- does have a slight bit of sweetness to it. It's refre- it's surprisingly refreshing, and uh, yeah, hell man, I'll, I'll give this one, I'll give this one a two point seven five. This is this is a really solid pilsner. Very impressed by a brewery <laughs> I've never heard of. That's pretty local to me. Well, at least forty forty five minutes away local. But yeah, it's super local. Forty five minutes away. <laughs> But you know, you know how it is living here. San Clemente is still feels like a local, a local city, even though it's kind of far, right? Um, no, 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 no. Nah. I mean, it's still Orange County. I would never be like, like, like going to San Clemente takes like preparation. It's never <laughs> like it's you know two in the afternoon. We want to do something. Like, hey, let's go to San Clemente. Like, nah, this doesn't happen. True. Like, it takes, I mean, it takes yeah. like preparation. Yeah, and then Ubering back from San Clemente if you have to. That's like at least seventy bucks. Fuck that. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking true. at I was looking at untapped reviews of my of my beer, and just came across this one guy, Paul K, who uh, who said, and he posted a picture of his like workstation. It looks like at home, like he's working from home, and it says this is an excellent pilsner. Enjoyed every sip. We'll look for this one again. Not drinking while working. That's the last thing that he wrote there. <laughs> I wonder if, like, if if a bunch of people follow him that he works with. And then, but, like, why even post it at all then? You know what I mean? Or just take yeah, a different know, picture. Right? Yeah, post it in your kitchen or something when you, or in your refrigerator or something. Oh, that was funny. Because clearly yeah. he was drinking while working. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, what is oh, – what was I going to say now? Oh, did uh, did Raul leave a, a rating? I couldn't, even, I couldn't even find this on Beer Advocate. Yeah, same here. My mine wasn't on Beer Advocate, so 
the brewery is, but not this particular brew, not this particular beer. So, whatever though. So, no Raul, unfortunately, this week. So, all right, we good with the the fearless beer review? Should we move on? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty good, pretty pretty good. Yep. All right, so we got vinyl coming up next. So. Yeah, this will lead into the songs of the week. I'm okay. like, I'm kind of all over the place. Are, you are a little all over the place. That's okay. Yeah. Man. Okay. So, what would you get vinyl wise this week? And uh, yeah. So go. I uh, I just got a couple purges here. Um, I, I, I don't okay. I don't have that many. I listen to a lot of stuff, just not quite on my uh, on my second listen through here yet. But this 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 guy called John Nitzinger interested me because of the last name Nitzinger. I thought that was yeah. kind of funny. Um, but he was just uh, like a blues, hard rock blues guitarist, played with, with Emerson Lake and Palmer, played with Alice, Alice Cooper a lot, was on some Alice Cooper songs and, and an album, actually. But um, yeah, this this uh, this is weird. This was a weird one because some of these songs go from like like loud, aggressive, really good blues rock and then go into this weird pop rock reminiscent of like Casey and the Sunshine Band without the fun. Mixed with BG's <laughs> disco backing vocals, and it was awful. Mm. And like the guy's a really, really good guitarist, and some of the music was really, really good. But overall, this is pretty shitty. And uh, yeah, it, it's got purged. It got purged. It got purged. I didn't even go through the second listen through. I just I was like, okay, that's it. I'm good. Yeah, you, you kind of get through some of those records. Or even for me, like I can't even get through the first side of it, and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not going to waste my time listening to another 20 minutes of this band. Yeah. Well, especially because if the first side is that bad, no matter how mm-hmm. good the second side is, I'm not going to keep it because I'm never going to listen to the first side. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's his other one, The Way. This band called The Way. The album called The Way. It's their first album, 1973. And I've I've seen this one at Greg's Records a lot, and I like the cover. It's kind of cool, folky looking but um, it's it's did it straight up Jesus fo- like folk rock Jesus folk rock, uh, yeah. and it's not even it's it's not like bad. There's just too much boring singing that is borderline choir music. And at first, like the first <laughs> song was was like really really good, and it's very preachy. Like they don't mask it in any way, shape, or form. But at least like the music was was really good. But after that first song, it, it just became like choir music, and it was not exciting. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, but like, they only have sucks. two. They only have two albums, and apparently their second album is way more like rock focused. So if mm-hmm. I ever see that one, I will still pick that one up because I liked parts of this. But overall, this was just really, really stupid. <laughs> just dumb. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, that was uh, that's it for my purges. So now some some good stuff here. I bought Violent Femmes, their first album, Violent Femmes, Violent Femmes, from uh, 1983. Okay. This is forty bucks. So. Damn, that's a lot for you. Well, I, I, I mean, mm, I spend now, kid. I spend now, kid. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, and, and open now. this is this is one that that like brand new was was twenty five dollars when we first started, but like cheapest copies now go for fifty fifty five dollars on Discogs. So Oof. that's cool. But um, but yeah, this is this is just a this is like I said, this is the first album. This is just a very cool and unique three piece band. Um, they're from Milwaukee, and they started out just kind of busking and and their manager or somebody from a label saw him and was like, wow, you guys are really fucking good. And each person is so, is so unique in their style and kind of the only person that really does it that way. 
Like Gordon Gano, mm-hmm. the singer, has a very distinctive voice that a very whiny, <laughs> raspy thing. But then like Victor De Lorenzo, the drummer, like he rarely uses a drum kit. Most of the time he's just on a he's just on a snare and he's hitting it with brushes. Yeah. Like that's the majority so of cool. his beats come from. And like Brian Ritchie almost exclusively uses an acoustic bass. And some of their songs, like they rip and then you can hear him just go crazy and he's doing it all on an acoustic bass. And when he wants the strings to buzz and when he wants to hear that that like acoustic nuance that comes through, he allows mm-hmm. it to. Otherwise you'd never fucking know he's on the acoustic bass because he's that good. He is. Fucking amazing. And this album has like their biggest hits. For sure, Blister and the Sun. That is their biggest hit. But it also has like Gone Daddy Gone, Kiss Off. Um, I wish my version had Ugly, but that's on like a different version. So I don't have that Mm -hmm. one. But uh, fun fact about Blister and the Sun was this is, I played this with with Ronald and Joe and Rudy at Kennedy High School. When we were in, in high school, we played at their assembly. The high and school you didn't even go to. Yeah, high school I didn't even go to. <laughs> but we uh, we didn't practice it like at all. And Ronald was on drums, and it's not like that difficult of a song. But the part where everyone, because everyone after the dee 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 dee, everyone kind of has like their own little solo part, and the bass says hey, and the drums go. And as Ronald was doing it, he did something and hit his hand, and the drumstick went like flying. And so, like, it landed in the middle, like the the you know the the basketball floor, and it rolled away, and he, like for whatever fucking reason, like Ronald knew everybody in high school, like everybody knew who Ronald was. Well, he's a very personable guy, dude. Very every nice. fucking person at that high school knew who Ronald was. So as soon as it happened, I've never heard like a high like in movies I've heard it, but I've never heard a, a high school assembly get that loud with like cheering. <laughs> <laughs> And then he had to like get out of his seat, like go pick it up, come back, and then we finish the song. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, of all the people for it to happen to, it would be Ronald. Oh, it was the so most good. like accident-prone guy in the world. Beautiful. Oh man, but I will say, Ronald, he he is very personable, very very nice, and he he is absolutely fearless. Yeah, that's true. And I say that because one time you, with the three of us, went to a show. I think it was a Bouncy Soul show. And he, like, while we were there, he probably asked, like, four or five girls for their numbers. Just like, straight just up. straight up, just did not even give a fuck. Not even, just like, in a right creepy up. way of just, like, yeah. hitting the numbers. It was just, like, hey, my name's Ronald. Like, I'm, you're very attractive. I'm interested. Like, you going to give me your number? We can hang out. I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> I like a show. I had a show where you yeah, clearly stick out. And like, <laughs> that's uh, good, good for you. But, yeah, he's yeah. for sure fearless. I still cannot believe every single person at that like assembly, that school knows who he is, was. But um, yeah, Violent Femmes, good band. I love the band. Yeah, good stuff, man. So um, what else you got? But that's it, dude. That's all I got for now. That's it? That's it. That's all. Just Holy until, shit. Until um, just my, my weekly pick. All right. Then what, what do you got for your weekly pick? My, my you pick liquor. My weekly pick is Radiohead, uh, talk show host. This is a yeah. song... This is a song that was from their their album, The Bends. Oh, okay. The okay. song, The Bends. Break it up, break it up, break it up. This is Curtis Blow. Yeah, this is a song from the album, The Bends. <laughs> and this The Bends came out right before uh, OK Computer. And I know this song because I heard um, it from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack before I ever listened to Radiohead. And we did Radiohead. Oh, that's why this. Okay, I was like, where the fuck did you hear this song? Okay, never mind. Yeah, because I couldn't, I, I couldn't remember like my origin story with Radiohead. It was just some girl that worked at Fridays. Like she introduced me to more Radiohead, 
but I like already knew who Radiohead was, and so it had to have been like Romeo and Juliet, the Romeo plus Juliet DiCaprio Claire Danes movie, which I still <laughs> love. I still think it's fantastic. But this song is, uh, they played this song in the movie, and the producer for the Romeo and Juliet movie actually approached Tom York and Radiohead and asked them to write a song for the movie because he was Mm -hmm. a big fan. And so he presented them the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, essentially the the suicide scene and onward. And, like, Radiohead loved it. And they said, oh, that was amazing. I love it. And then they wrote theme, theme for an exit, or exit, fuck, exit music for a movie which ended mm-hmm. up being on OK Computer, and you hear it at the end of the movie, but they asked the producer not to include that song on the soundtrack because they're going to use that song for the next album to be like a cohesive uh, concept album. So like essentially, yeah. OK Computer kind of started with them watching Romeo and Juliet, and like that's that's what oh my God. spiraled out of control and became OK Computer. And uh, I don't know. This song is really badass. This is not the version that's on the movie. The movie version's a little bit different. It's like a remix. But mm-hmm. um, God, this song is fucking good. This song is so good. It was good. It was a good song. This Definitely. song is unreal. Unreal. Pretty pretty stripped down for Radiohead. Not as um, up its own ass. So that's nice. Yeah. It's always nice. All right. So I'm going to play a little bit of this song. Uh, like you said, it's called Talk Show Host. And you got the Romeo and Juliet vinyl. So um, that's fun. So here it is from the Radioheads. I want to I want to be someone else so I'll explode Floating There you have it, talk show host from the Radioheads, from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, the Claire Danes version. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, it's been many, many years since I saw it. Romeo and Juliet's not like, it's nowhere near Shakespeare's best. It's not even like a top 10 greatest plays of all time. It is iconic. There's some really, really, really good stuffs in there. And it, it it's turned into like a standard if you're going to write like any kind of, of tragic 
romance, then you're going to be basing off Romeo and Juliet in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fine. There, like I said, like there there are parts of it I think are just unreal. And I just I can't imagine living in like the 1500s or early 1600s and watching a play and like crying and laughing and having a good time and being shocked by the ending the way like Shakespeare dropped some of the shit on people back then. It's unreal. <laughs> but if Shakespeare was alive today, what type of movie would he make? Cause he'd be a fucking weird producer. He'd be like a Quentin Tarantino type director making weird movies that are just pushing even like his own kind of boundaries. And I think like, the Romeo plus Juliet Leonardo DiCaprio version is something he would get behind. I really do. No, I would say maybe uh, Tarantino would be like a good modern day, maybe, or even like David Lynch. Yeah, kind of that with a weirdness that I imagine because I've only I've only read I think three Shakespeare things, and that's you know Macbeth, Romeo Hamlet, and, Juliet, Romeo and Juliet, and Hamlet. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So based off of that and what you're saying, I I think those those would, would be the two best filmmakers comparisons but i mean dude romeo and juliet is just uh, it's it's classic and, and it's classic in the way that it's still good not just we say it's classic and then we sit through it because it's classic it's good it's a good play it's good it's good yeah, it's good it's it's good it's it's at least good it could be better it can be better it can be ranked as better but it is at least good sometimes it's great all right that's mercutio that's mercutio fucking great mm-hmm. absolutely great I'm surprised you haven't like quoted something yet. That's kind of your thing. Oh, you know? I love, dude. So okay, so this this is what if you want me to get into, it, I'll get into it. I mean, if you want to, that's what we do on this pod. We just so here here's the shit. Here's Shakespeare, right? Here's the Bard coming in. He's writing all these plays. I don't know what number this is on his his list of plays that he's written prior to this, but he's in his like early to mid 30s at this point, and and he's writing a because Romeo and Juliet is essentially like almost a a romantic comedy up until a certain point, and then it becomes a tragedy. And it's mm-hmm. a romantic comedy because there's a lot of jokes, and it's when Mercutio, Romeo's homie, dies. Because Mercutio is 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 the the jester, the comic of the, of, of the play. And he's making yeah. all these jokes, and he's, he's, he's saying all these stupid things. And then when Tybalt, Juliet's cousin, or brother, that has to be her cousin. I don't remember. Tybalt tries to kill Romeo and ends up killing Mercutio, on accident, and then when, when Mercutio dies, he's like, "Man, fuck both you guys! Like the House of Montague and the House of Capulet. Fuck, he says a plague on both your houses. Fuck both you guys." And then as he's dying, he still makes a joke. He says, "Find me tomorrow, and I'll be a grave man." Right? That's funny mm-hmm. in the 1500s. But like, as <laughs> yeah. this guy, as this comedic role is now dying, the now the play has changed from a romantic comedy to a tragedy, and just. Like that type of writing, that's that's unreal. That's amazing. People struggle to do that to this day, when 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 making movies, when writing movies, like that's yeah. that's such a small part. This is one role, a minor role that pe- most people would never know who the fuck Mercutio is in Romeo and Juliet. And so this minor person changed the entire course of this play, thus changing the entire course of like history of movies and filmmaking based on one guy in a play that wasn't even Shakespeare's best. That's mm-hmm. how great Shakespeare was. All right, so you're more good. of a Shakespeare man than me. So good, clearly, clearly, dude. Yeah. Like my my, I mean, I like Romeo and Juliet a lot. But my favorite is Merchant of Venice. I have it in the vinyls, and I listen to it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Did you listen to it this week? No, I didn't listen to it this week. Oh. I think I only have I have Merchant of Venice, and then I have uh, I think I have Death of a Salesman too, which is another f- phenomenal play. 
I miss, we should I miss do going a, to plays. We should be a Shakespeare pod now. What? Oh, God, no. It, dude, it takes, like, work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, There's like, people who dedicate their lives to this shit. I know. It, dude, even then, it's, it's, <laughs> God, it's so hard to understand sometimes. Like, the Merchant of Venice, when I first got it, I got it from from uh, Desi from all those, and I got he, I think he gave it to me. He's like, nobody's gonna fucking listen to this. <laughs> I was like, oh, jokes on you, babe boy. But I remember like I had I had my phone open, and I was like reading Cliff Notes on what the hell is he's saying and trying to like really get into it because it's very difficult to understand, just because it was you know four hundred years ago. Yeah, so. language was much different. <laughs> but it's great. unreal stuff, man. It's it's good. It's good. I miss I miss just going to plays. And high school was a lot easier just because. He went to a school that put on at least three or four plays a year. So there you go. In surrounding yeah. high schools, you can go to them. But plays are cool. Well, you man. can still go to them. I mean, you can. I, they're there's still high back. schools that you can go. You, I mean, high schools still do plays. That is true. I should go more. But then it's weird if I go by myself. Take drag Nick or Kaylee. Oh yeah, they love that. Nick would like it actually. Nick, Nick <laughs> has a, a good appreciation for I don't know, entertainment. Ted, Romeo and Juliet though, so good. That movie's so good. All-star cast. All-star cast. Uh, okay. Oh, um, my God. And the I, soundtrack. I even talked about the soundtrack. Yeah, I bought the soundtrack. I bought the well, Romeo that, plus why, Juliet yeah. soundtrack because it is fucking phenomenal. It's just a good It's a good representation of what, like, 1995 is like, even though it came out in 1996, but it's a good representation of, like, music of the, of the mid-'90s. And it's... it's uh, <laughs> it's, Some of the songs are so fucking stupid, but some of them are really good. Like, uh, like, what do you mean, uh, uh? uh what is the uh? Are you, are you dancing? Or are you are you disagreeing with me? Okay. Well, there's actually some really really good <laughs> stuff on there. Like you, your your favorite band, Garbage, is on there, and they Why? they have a song. What? You love Garbage. Everclear is on there. A fantastic band, <laughs> and everything they like. All the songs that are on there kind of have something to do with Romeo and Juliet in a way. But like, yeah. Love Fool by the Cardigans is on there. The Radiohead song, and then there's a song that I never knew who who sang it until this week. But it's the, the song's called "You and Me" song, and it's like "You and Me Always," and that's by the Wannadies, like Wannabes, but uh, Wannadies. Fantastic song, it's so good. I don't remember that song at all. That's because you're not a. Uh, you listen to fucking Corn your whole goddamn life. Hey, that's fine. The best Jesus. band in the world. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch Romeo and Juliet. It's on HBO Plus, I think. <laughs> I'm watch it tonight. All right, you do that. It is Instead weird watching though watching. Good. I, I think Claire Danes at the time of uh, filming, she was like seventeen, and then Leo was probably like early twenties. Oh yeah, that's but a little. But I know, like I know, at some point, it doesn't show anything, but she has no shirt on. I'm like, how is that? Yeah. Like, how is that not like that, that can't be okay, right? No, but it was a different time. I mean, people didn't. It was ninety five. All, all of hell. Yeah, they cared less back then. Look at Jerry Seinfeld. Come on, come on. What about you? People don't care. People don't care. People forget. That is true. God, um, so but even DiCaprio, I mean, even now, he he's like, you know, in his, what, 40 now? He yeah. still dates like 19 years. I think he's like 55 now. He's kind of. Oh, he's not that 55. old. He, he's not like that old. Okay. Let, no, no, no. Let, let's let's see. I think I'm going to say minus, 42. Plus, I'm going to say 55 plus or minus 15. <laughs> well, okay. So if he was 22 in the 95. Uh, okay, I said 42. Right. Okay, no, he so has to be see. like if he was tw- if he's early twenties and ninety five, then that means, you know, two thousand twenty five, he'd be what, fifty. Well, how okay? So how old do you think he is? Well, now that I'm doing a little bit of math, when I said he was early twenties and ninety five, now I think he's probably mid to late forties. 
Okay, he's 47. Oh, so wow. you right cheated. in the middle there. You well, cheated. Well, I just did basic math That's in fine. my head. But you cheated because you initially said, we must be 55 now. Well, that was before I, I yeah, realized that I had earlier said that he was in his early 20s and then mid-90s. <laughs> he can't be in he can't be in his early twenties and the mid nineties and then be in his mid fifties in two thousand twenty two. There's not that's not possible. Unless he's skipping he's ages. Still cheated. Still cheated. But Dude, he's forty seven and he's yeah, and he's dating like twenty year olds. So in the scene in the scene, the the like the last scene when Juliet's waking up from her from her uh, self induced uh, coma and, and Romeo's kind of talking to himself, giving that monologue. And then he, as he's drinking the poison, she reaches over and grabs DiCaprio's hand. And he like, dude, the look on, on DiCaprio's face is one of the best acting things he's ever done. Hands down. <laughs> Unreal. I, uh, I just, dude, and then I, Romeo I'm and not Julie, a fan of DiCaprio. They, they only, oh, that's stupid. You sh- stop it. Get, <laughs> keep, to, keep his name out your mouth. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet only knew each other for like, 24 hours before they got married and then before they yeah. committed suicide they only knew each other for like four days like that's, yeah that was that was the time that was that's what happened back then that's you that's, lived so young you had to you had to you know get everything done quick but then let's not forget died. like romeo was in love with rosalind before this because he was he was he was pining over this lady rosalind rosalind yeah. rosalind rosalind and all of a sudden now he forgets her and now he's into juliet and like that's he just completely forgot about Rosalind. like that's but that's like a good a good way to show you that these the kids are stupid. Like these guys are killing each oh, yeah, other, that, yeah. killing themselves for each other. Like that's how stupid they are. You know, yesterday he was <laughs> he was in love with Rosalind. Even like Mercutio said something about it. Like, bro, yesterday you were talking about Rosalind. Now it's Juliet. Relax. <laughs> Rosalind. Oh, Paul Rudd's in the movie. I'm looking it up right now. Is he now. really? Yeah, Paul Rudd plays uh Paris, Dave Paris. <sighs> Fuck, I don't remember that. A suitor for Juliet, who Juliet um was was agreeing to marry so long as he was handsome. Now, of course, Paul Rudd never fucking ages, so he's always handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, sexiest man alive, like last year or something? <laughs> sexiest man in history, probably. <laughs> the fucker hasn't aged. He he honestly looks just like like less wrinkles, but he looks the same. Like I'm looking at yeah. screenshots, he looks the same then as he does now. I like Paul Rudd. I like that guy. Yeah, we should have him That's on great. the pod. I'll text him after this. I'll 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 say something about his role as as Dave Paris, and then see if he remembers it, and then we'll we'll get into it. We'll, we'll talk about it, it then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Right. <laughs> that was fun. That was that was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed making you mad a little bit. I love plays. I like going to plays. I like watching. I like watching stage plays. Yeah, they're okay. I'm gonna start they're buying okay. more on the vinyls. I only got like five or six. I need more. I think that's plenty. You'll just end up purging it. You know you will. No, because I only keep the good stuffs. The, oh, then you say, gosh. what are the good stuffs? And then I'm going to add them and tell you the good stuffs. Number one, what do you think number one is? It's uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Close, but uh, Joseph the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat is what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking of. Uh-huh. Do you have Jesus Christ Superstar? I do, but I, okay. Okay. I come across it so often that I'm continuously purging for a better copy. But I think I finally found like a really mint condition copy. I don't. I don't understand you. I just don't. <laughs> you don't just understand don't. what? I don't know. Uh, I just can't get into it. I guess that's fine. There, like for sure, there are some. There are some times when I, I, I'm like, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of plays anymore. But there was a time when I was like watching a lot of plays and. I don't know, just just movie adaptations or even just stage performances of plays. 
And it's hard because like it has to be a really good play or it has to hold a lot of nostalgia. Otherwise you're like, I'm going to waste a salt, like 45 minutes of my time before I realize I'm not going to finish this play. <laughs> and that's tough. At least like a bad movie you can still get through because there is some amount of, of street cred with well, the producer, and something and the actor, look or whatever. Yeah. Like a stage, you're just looking, you're looking at like the same five, six props or set pieces. Honestly, like we've talked about before, if you could trans transport yourself into any like time period and, and watch something or do something, you know what I mean? Like watch a concert yeah, or, yeah. or watch a life event. I think, I think, um, so long as there's like there's booze, I can get a good buzz. I would be down to go watch like the debut of a Shakespeare play or some or something like that, or go to like the opera and then watch like Carmen or something. That'd be fucking rad. I want to be on the balcony though. Why? Because I'm not a commoner. I'm not a fucking. I ain't no oh, surf. okay, okay, okay. And get the little the little binoculars. Yeah, I ain't no proletariat. Shit. Dumb. Separate right, me from the people, baby. <laughs> is that all you got for the for the Romeo and Juliet's? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> all right. I got I got quite I listened to quite a few things this week. I'm actually not even going to talk about it at all because I, t- I listened to a lot of backlog this week. Uh, the first oh, thing here you comes got, from you got some, let's, let's spin it out. I want to hear it. No, it's fine. Uh, so this first thing here is from uh, Boogaloo Joe Jones. Uh, his album No Way. It's his fifth record. I think it's his fifth record. Came out in 1971. I got this from uh, Vinyl Me Please. This is their record of the month. I know you skipped out this month, so you didn't get anything. But man, do you really? I know you listened to this on Spotify, but you really should have got this one. It's, it's good. It's really fucking good. It is, yes, it's really good. But this is it's the first like, month uh, where I've had nothing to buy. So finally, I went back and bought a hip hop record that I've been wanting to get for a while. But sometimes it's out of stock, and sometimes they have it, and they had it this time, so I jumped on it. All right, all right. What do you want from me? Yeah, this is just really good blues rock mixed with jazz and just pretty awesome guitar playing like this is i was really really impressed by this so highly recommend it to anybody who's into this kind of music so get into that uh this next thing here i got from uh, white rabbit it's uh the velvet underground's the velvet underground uh this is a bootleg it's uh it's a pretty cool orange orange variant it sounds good for the for a bootleg it sounds good but i'm the only reason i ended up getting the bootleg was because it's uh it's expensive <laughs> a real yeah. copies like it's fifty, sixty dollars. So, yeah. paid paid twenty two for this one. Why would the bootleg be orange? Why not just put it like white? I don't know. I don't know. But or it's just leave it black. I don't orange. Know. It doesn't make sense with the cover. Yeah, it doesn't make no sense. But uh, so I got that one, and you know, this Velvet Underground, this this album is so fucking good. <whistles> it's just it's leaps and bounds better than everything else that they put out. Like one hundred percent better. I mean, I, I agree. It is one hundred percent better. It's not leaps and bounds better, but it's better. The best thing that Lou Reed did, even though I don't think he really wrote much of it. But, um, but yeah, go listen to the Velvet Underground episode that we did maybe a year ago. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. Yeah. And uh, this next thing here, also from White Rabbit, next few things actually are from there. Uh, this one is the Raconteurs. This is their third wow. album, Help Us Stranger. Uh, I picked this one up because it was ten bucks. Like it, <laughs> it had been sitting at that store for a long, a long time, and they had discounted it to ten dollars because obviously nobody was picking it up. So I picked it up, and uh, never heard it before. But I mean, come on, the Raconteurs don't put out anything really bad. So um, yeah, this one came out in twenty nineteen, and it's it's what you'd expect. It's good Jack White blues rock with a little bit of edge. 
So it's not as crazy and wonky as the white stripes, but it's good. It's solid, man. For 10 bucks, cannot complain. Definitely going to keep it. It's really good. That's so, true. I would have bought it for 10 bucks for sure. Yeah, it's great. Had you Have you ever heard this record before? No, I've only heard their first two, the Steady As She Goes record and then the, the Salute Your Solution Salute Your record. Solution. Yeah. Which I don't, only... I don't like the Steady As She Goes song anymore. I don't. Really? I don't think it's, it's aged well with me. But uh, Salute Your Solution, I think, is a fantastic song. Wow, that song, that's, I think that's probably a top five uh, Jack White song. Yeah, it's a really good song. Fantastic. So, keeping it with Jack White, uh, I got his, uh, his new solo record. Oh. Came out this year, Fear of the Dawn. And, uh, I mean, you, you'd agree with me. This, this kind of, like, blew us away. This, is, this record is fucking amazing. It's so heavy sometimes and so... It is. Like, what is that? Dubstepy sometimes. Yeah, it has a lot of electronic feel to it, but I don't think he's playing. I think it's just all guitar effects. Like he just—I don't know what it is about this, but it just, every song is different from one another. And it's when you think it's going to be kind of a low song, like a low point of the album kind of song, something happens in it, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is actually really fucking good." Like it, a lot of these songs really catch you off guard, and I can't sing its praises enough. It, this this could easily be the album of the year. For me, it's, it's that pretty, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty. <laughs> I was pretty so good. surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's necessary. I wouldn't say it's better than Icky Thump, but this is probably the second best record he's put out. Well, I, I across all that, of his bands. Well, I'm telling you, that's what it is. It's that's it's not that good. It's it's good. It's good because of its. But like, really, it's it's a it's a collection of riffs and sounds put together, in a way that makes an album. As opposed to like Iggy Thump is just that's untouchable. But then as opposed yeah. to like they're self-titled, where it's like a collection of songs put together to make an album. This is like a collection of riffs. There's a lot of riffs going on here. There's a lot of things he's doing that are just like riff based, and he's just extrapolating from the riffs, which is fine because it makes for a fantastic album. But these aren't like fleshed out songs from beginning to end. This is a riff, and they're writing a song around it, or he's writing a song around it. Yeah, and it's really fucking good. I mean, there's nothing way there's nothing wrong with writing that way. No, it works really well. It does work really so. well. It's oh, fantastic. Top five. So, top five of his records. Yeah, you wouldn't even say top three. Um, come no, on, no, that, I don't think so. I I've only listened to it once, to be fair, one one point five times. Oh man, I've spun I've spun this record twice, and then I listened to it twice on Spotify. Okay, so the next thing I got here is uh, is from Refused. This is uh, I've, I've completed my Refused collection, got everything I need from them, and uh, this is their first record that I got. This is this just might be the truth. Uh, this is from October nineteen ninety four, and uh, this is a much rougher version of Refused, but it's still really really solid. I, I this is this is a fucking great record. I don't know why it took me so long to get it. But I finally got it, and it's on a like a cool like kind of green translucent uh, variant. Pretty rad. Got this one from Radiation Records. I think you like this one a lot too, if I'm not mistaken. When we did the uh, the refused episode. Okay. But I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Long so time ago. I got that one, and then this one I also got from uh, Radiation. It's uh, the band Inside Out. I picked up their their only seven inch that they ever put out called uh, No Spiritual Surrender. If you don't know who this is, this is pretty much the original band 
that Zach from Rage Against the Machine was in. This is was prior to Rage, and uh, and yeah, the seven inch it has four songs on it, two on each side. Uh, unlike the CD version and the cassette version, and the, I think even streaming, I think it has the six songs. Could be mistaken, but this is a really cool seven inch, cool little cool cool little orange variant, and uh, it's cheap. So why the fuck not get it? It's great. Yeah. Zach just pretty much screams and. It's very uh very raw sounding. It's it's a solid set of songs. Okay. I think you'd agree, right? Or you I know you were talking shit earlier, I think. Well a couple of days ago about it. About definitely what? wasn't talking shit. I wanted to pick uh, up a copy, but that's fine. Well, I mean if you want, I could have they had like other copies that were like thirty bucks, but you're not gonna pay thirty bucks for it. I know that. Well you said they were twenty five for an original pressing, but uh Oh, it's okay. Twenty five. Regardless, well, your memories. You, you would want fading, it for twenty five so bucks. That's fine. If it was an original pressing, maybe, maybe. Well, if you want it, I can go and get it. Not today, obviously. But well, if it's not today, then I don't want it. Okay, then you're not getting it. Okay. Easy peasy. You could order it on their website. That's fine too. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, Inside Out, killer stuff. Go check it out if you're not, if you've never heard it. It's cool, hardcore kind of punk, uh, prior to Rage. So get into that uh i got the bouncing souls ep crucial moments my bouncing souls is almost complete almost have everything i want from them and this is their this is their latest ep came out in 2019 and it's a little bit more melodic uh and a little bit slower than a lot of the stuff they've put out but the songs are all really they're really good and i'm not usually a huge fan of their slower stuff because you know anchors wait yeah no ghost on the boardwalk ghost on the boardwalk and uh and uh the gold record there's a lot of bad slow songs on that, but crucial moments, good stuff. Twelve inch record, twelve inch EP. I mean, good stuffs. Do you have crucial moments? I don't remember. No, it's always on Rise Records, and I always like. I always think that okay, this year for Black Friday when they have their half off sale, I'm gonna buy it, and then I never do. So I'll do it this year. I'll do it this year. All right. Uh, so I only got a few things left, and one of these I also picked up for Jeff. So I picked up two some forty one records. Uh, first one being All Killer No Filler from 2001 and then Does This Look Infected from 2002 and um, picked these up from White Rabbit and I picked you up in a copy of All Killer because they didn't have a second copy of Does This Look Infected but yeah I got this stuff and it's uh, it sounds really good like the, the pr- they're really well done pressings I think these pressings are from 2018 if I'm not or 2019 I think and uh, they're, they're kind of popping up at stores I've seen locally not or at least one store locally, and then Roland Rex, where you know we, you and I frequent often every Friday. And um, yeah, man, if you never heard Sum Forty One, I don't know where the fuck you've been, right? Some good it's shit. true. I mean, you've, you've probably <laughs> heard a lot of Sum Forty One if you don't think that you have. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen besides Order and Decline, right? That was there uh, a couple years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides Order and Decline, I've never seen anything by Sum Forty One in any record store ever. I've seen I've seen that I've seen thirteen voices I think that was another one and then the really bad one they did with uh, like underclass hero or something that that record's garbage I've seen those in the wild but yeah never never all killer it does look infected until the last week mm. but I mean all killer I mean that that record I have so many memories so much nostalgia for that particular record I, it's it's insane it's absolutely insane. How many memories just like flood back to me when I while I while I listen to that record? Know every song front to back on that record. I mean, like, like it's really good. 
for me, does look infected is my favorite by them. But all yeah. killer, no filler is just about what it says. It's it's all fun. Like every single song on there is absolute <laughs> yeah. fun, energy and fun. Yeah, and I've, I mean, this record pretty much is more pop punk. But does this look infected? Takes a little bit more of a metal turn. There's still the pop punk elements there, but it's definitely heavier. And then Chuck, which is my favorite, that's like almost a straight up metal record. Yeah. But yeah, no, all killer no filler, good stuff. Get into that. Go check it out. Go buy it. You know, it's available online some places. So, uh, pick those up. And then the last thing here, you actually got this for me uh, from Grace Records out in Arizona. You, uh, I was so desperate to to have my hands on it. To have it in my hands that I had oh, you ship yeah. it to me or mail it to me. And uh, this is Korn and their record, See You on the Other Side. Now, this is their seventh record from December of 2005, and it's never, ever been pressed. Not even bootleg pressings of it, ever. But they somebody somebody in Russia, some company in Russia decided to press a bootleg version of this, and um, that's what I have now. I, I never thought I would have this record because it's never, ever been pressed, and I'm stoked. And uh, it's not that great of a pressing. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, the, the I mean, you saw the the cover. I mean, it's straight up. They they went onto Google Images and took like the first image they saw, because it's it's not only the cover art, but it's the sticker, like the hype sticker that was on the CD. They just took that and then just made that was like the picture. Like, there's no actual hype sticker, but the hype sticker is in the picture. So that's like how gnarly of a pressing it is, of a bootleg it is. In the bottom right corner, there's like, you know, something, something written in Russian. I have no idea what it is. And then on the back top corner, there's like some guy's face and some Russian written underneath, or no, some numbers un- underneath it. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> the, the, it came with an insert and the insert is like some review from like Consequence of Sound from like 2006. So it's like, it's just some weird ass review. It's in English. And then the picture they used for the band was not even close to the right lineup of the band. So this album came out in 2005. The picture in the, in the ins- on the insert is from 2012. Oh, no, 2014. From 2014. Nice. So, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a mess of a bootleg. Uh, but it is a green, a green translucent variant, which is kind of weird. I mean, you, out of all the things you put effort into the, you know, the color of it, I, it's a little weird, but... It's kind of a quiet sounding record, um, but whatever. It's I have it. I'm glad I have it. I mean, really, and, like like that's the easiest way to make a bad bootleg tolerable is to put on a cool color variant. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. it's just such an easy fix to make people semi happy. But <laughs> I do know that this does not. This album doesn't have. Uh, what's the guitarist name? Your boy. Head, head, yeah, head, head left the band. It doesn't yeah. have head on there because the music video I noticed he wasn't, or there's only four mock yeah. members. So <laughs> look at me, huh? Yeah. Look at me. Yeah, look at you. You noticed that? Yeah, head left the band the year prior, and this is their first record without him. And it was a, it was a big thing. And they signed with Virgin Records. It was this like unprecedented like record deal at the time, and it it kind of this this was the record deal that kind of transitioned the music industry to kind of what it was to be what was to become of it so until streaming really started like in the mid 2010s but um yeah this uh yeah this album's this album's it's like not even one of my one of my favorite corn records definitely toward the bottom but got a lot of nostalgia with it and i gotta have it i 
gotta have this corn record. Now I I need three more corn records to oh to my finish God. my uh to finish my collection. Did and they ever release like any like like EPs or seven inches or anything? For this record, no. For anything. For n- nothing from this record. But like in general, just are, are there any corn seven inches or, or EPs that you want that you want or you would have? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple. There's a couple, but they're expensive. Like the there's like the the got the life seven inch I want. There's a seven inch with the song Proud, which is a B side from Life Is Peachy. Um, there's a few things out there, but I don't know. There's it's, there's not a ton, not mm-hmm. a ton. Uh, that that leads into my song of the week, and I went with the song Twisted Transistor. Um, it's definitely not my favorite song on the record, but I pretty much just wanted Jeff to watch the music video, so that's why I chose it. <laughs> so I'm gonna play I'm gonna play a little bit of the song, and then. Uh, We'll talk about the video because it's so fucking stupid. So here's Twisted Transistor from The Corns. There you go, Twisted Transistor, a bit of the song from Corn. Now, the video is very, very stupid, and you agree with me on that. I right? like this video. <laughs> it was a good video. This was, uh, it's, it's, it's good because it's so ridiculously dumb. This is like in an era, I mean, actually, this is past like an era, but like th- bridging the, the, the gap between like rap and rock was cool and in the 90s it was really cool and this was like the 2000s so maybe yeah it is kind of stupid but like that's cool <laughs> and like uh little john is as 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 jd solid yeah. absolutely solid <laughs> but then you got you got x to the z exhibit back there and snoop dogg yeah i think it's it's hilarious it's funny i like it yeah that was a good video it's a good video and and every character makes fun of their member i mean like david banner is that plays David David's character and I don't even really remember David Banner from that from that time but I guess he was very popular but I don't know do you remember anything about him no I don't I don't I don't know who that is yeah so he played David's role but then they made fun of like when David back in the late 90s when David was an underwear model for Calvin Klein and you know he got a lot of ridicule a lot of shit from like the Slipknot guys and a lot of yeah he was made fun of a lot so they made fun of that and then you know the groupie stuff with Jonathan Davis and you know the, the ex- excessive partying of Fieldy and Monkey. It was it was a good video, and Snoop Dogg is just he's so dumb in it though. <laughs> it was so stupid. 
Dave, like, little John played Jonathan Davis so well. Yeah. <laughs> Every like the way he moved constantly. The, the microphone stand and, and everything. And, like the way he held the microphone, but then like constantly moving back and forth and swaying. That's all that fucking guy does. <laughs> it was funny. I liked the video a lot. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. And then at the very end, it's the the actual band members. They're like in a in a board meeting, like a label board meeting, and the band are the record executives, and then the rappers are at the the table. And then Jonathan Davis says, "I need more booty shaking." And then Snoop Dogg says, "The song's the song's not about booty shaking. It's about transistors." What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's always been my favorite line since it came out because it, it it doesn't even make any sense. It's so okay. dumb. I love it though. But the song it's itself, cool eh, song's not very good. Yeah, the songs it it's one of the worst songs on the record for me. Okay. But it was a single. I don't know. It was popular at the time. But they they don't even play this song very much. Like even when it came out, they didn't play it too often. Nobody likes it. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to talk about the video. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my uh, that's my vinyl wrap up. That's what I got. Really <laughs> stoked on this bootleg. Um, so, there's not really not much that's come out this week, you know, song wise or really album wise at all. But I did want to mention Kirk Hammett, the guitar player from Metallica, put out his first. He's going to put out his first solo EP ever, and he put out a song called High Plains Drifter. I don't know if you listen to it, but it just sounds like a movie score. Uh, I, I, I totally forgot to listen to it. Yeah, it's it's not even really worth listening to. It's it's like a movie score, and I don't know. It's really nothing to write home about at all, but I'm, I'm not going to play it. But if anybody out there wants to listen to it, if they haven't already, check it out. And I don't know what I was expecting from Kirk Hammett, considering he's never done anything outside of Metallica prior to, you know, or, I mean, Exodus, but that's not real. But anyway... Yeah, that's cool. all I got. You got anything else? Um, no, that's uh, no. that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. You know, you know the drill. Sure. Give us five stars, and uh, stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Blink 182s, Blink 182, and we're gonna rank oh all of the Blink 182 oh records because that's what we do. So that's it. That's all. Jump in. Ha, ha, ha.